0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world, welcome to the See Old People podcast, broadcasting today from beautiful storage closet studios in beautiful Norfolk County. Norfolk County is located on the north shore of Lake Erie. It's a wonderful, crisp day out there. It's quite early in the morning. It's 70 degrees. It's supposed to go up to a high of 85 and sunny today. So we will continue our streak of about our 30th day in July, where we are uh, in the 30s uh, Celsius or around 85 Fahrenheit. Today is July 28th, 2020, living in the time of madness, as we are all well aware in the world. Although it is a beautiful crisp day as I was driving into Storage Closet Studios this morning I could see the lineups that were formed in front of the ministry offices, I could see the lineups that were formed in front of drugstores, I could see the lineups that were formed in front of banks. In this time of madness and my age that I am, I am a newly minted senior at 60 years old. I am your host, Dr. Bruce. I remember when those lineups were visible and shown on TV, and it was in Soviet Russia, and it was the decline of the Russian Empire. Well, it wasn't the Russian Empire. It was the Soviet Empire, the Soviet Empire, the USSR which was russia and all of those satellite countries that it had taken over uh this whole communist regime the biggest communist regime in the world while it was starting to fail what we would be shown is these images of people standing in line for hours and hours to get a loaf of bread standing in line for hours and hours to get milk we were told how terrible this was, and how awful this was, and communism was the reason for all this to happen. And of course, we bought it hook, line, and sinker. And we also thought that could never happen here. Well, I've been seeing lineups for months now. As the economy opens up, the food supply, uh, the supply chains have been destroyed. Food is becoming scarce. Food is becoming very, very expensive. Uh, lineups to go into any type of facility now. Of course, six feet apart with masks. And in our county, they have just passed a bylaw to make masks mandatory in all public spaces. So all facilities that are owned by the county, which would be like libraries, uh, the police department, the uh, uh, fire department, uh, the municipal buildings, uh, arenas. Ball diamonds, things like that. Any Anything that the county owns is now mandatory for you to wear a mask. These bylaws have been passing all over Ontario. And the reason they're passing is because nobody, nobody will stand up and say no. If anyone stands up in one of those council meetings and says, I really think that we don't need to do this, they are labeled as a anti-science, anti anti-government anti-health they were anti-everything and then they quickly are shut down and they sit down so these bylaws are being passed with no science behind them whatsoever and they are just being passed by these uh non-science people of course these are counselors many of them in a county like ours are just part-time they're contributing their time they can't stand up against this it's uh, again now masks are mandatory and uh, in our county, and it seems like masks are going to be mandatory for a long time. This uh, flattened the curve for two weeks. What a joke that was back in March when we heard that on March 17th. For two weeks, you'll have to be locked down, and then everything will be under control. Well, now it's July 28th. The lockdown is basically still in effect for the most part. Masks are mandatory. Six feet distancing are mandatory, and lineups are the norm. So I continue to try to be a, a concerned and conscious citizen, observing the events of the day. But going down the rabbit hole of this madness is is madness for me, because it's, uh, is, there's no good is going to come from it. I'm not a credible source that people can depend on. You know, what is a credible source? The person that I steal the intro from every day, every every Tuesday. And that's uh, Del Bigtree in The High Wire. That's how he starts his show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to the Highwire. I recommend the Highwire to everybody, any concerned citizen who wants to know what is happening, wants the science behind what is happening, wants an alternative view that is not the same as what the media is spoon feeding you. Then please visit the Highwire, and uh, you won't be disappointed. Everything that they talk about is science-based. They have some of the greatest scientists in the world on, on the show. And these are voices that are being suppressed by the mainstream media. Don't forget that Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post. The New York Times is is, is, in, is in control of the far left. So there's no way that anything is coming out of the media right now that is not biased. That's it. I'm going to get off that topic right away, because I get into it and I just get angry and I just get upset. What I wanted to talk about today a little bit was uh, the fact that I'm so mad that I read that story, that short story last week, and I lost five seconds of it because my processor on my computer here is so slow. So I went and read the requirements for um, for the sound editor that I have. And I'm well below those. It's funny, I never checked that before. And podcasts, did I did drop the odd word here or there, but it really upset me. that right crucial part of that story, five seconds are gone from it. So maybe in the future I'll read it again when I get a new computer. So that's what's on the, uh, the lineup for me in the next little while, is to get a new computer so that I don't have these dropouts. And there may be dropouts in this one as well it's just hard to say because there's this lag time uh as i'm seeing it record here that it just shouldn't exist you know um, but anyway i've done a lot of research about computers i've learned a lot about computers so there's always a uh, a silver lining when these things happen so the next computer i get is going to be uh quite a bit better it's not going to change the sound quality it's not going to change the sound of my voice my Canadian accent will remain the same and my oohs and my ahs and my breathing sounds will all sound the same but at least when I say something it will be recorded properly and I won't get a little notice underneath saying dropped out dropped out dropped out so i want to talk a little bit about my health history i've really been slamming medical doctors for the last couple of weeks and uh, and i do and i continue to stand by everything i said about the profession okay the whole profession but i mean that doesn't uh that doesn't take away from the fact that there are some outstanding individuals within the profession there's all kinds of uh, medical doctors that are extremely uh loving caring uh the the patient is at at heart is at their is at heart, and they will resist some of the training that they've gotten from pharma, and they will try to uh, to follow a different route. A good example of that is Zach Bush. Zach Bush is a wonderful medical doctor who is bucking the trend of just following the orders that pharma has basically been doling out to them. And I want to talk. I, I was digging through some some old books. And one of the books that I saw was this, uh, it was a birth record that my mother had kept. It's one of those little ones. It has a little cartoon of a little baby on it. And then it has information where you could fill in the, the weight of the baby, the height of the baby. There's a little envelope in it where you can put a lock of hair in. I had very, very blonde hair when I was young too, which is kind of interesting. But as I'm reading through it, it had doctor's first visit And on the doctor's first visit, he recorded a number of of aspects about me. My skin color, my skin tone, um, you know, the height, the weight, all of those things were all recorded. But one of the things that he noted was that I had a strider. Okay, so a strider is like a... um, it affects your breathing, it, it, it affects the way you breathe uh, and the causes of it could be a number of things but in some way your trachea is being affected uh, in your throat basically is what a strider is. So it's, it's not a common diagnosis but it is a diagnosis that uh, uh, infants will often have. So I had a strider and I just want to think about how that physician was so in tune with all of these observations of me as a child. I really, really don't think that is happening as much today at all. Of course, there's individual physicians that would be there looking at the skin color, looking at the texture, looking at the color of the eyes, maybe the fingernails, all kinds of observations that were common at one time which you now really get kind of, you know, the people are rarely even undressed for a, a, for a physical exam or a medical exam anymore. It, be, it Medical exams and physical exams today are very, very much tuned to the problem, okay? What's your problem? Well, the problem is that he has a, a rash on his back. Well, then that becomes the issue. And that's in this situation, well, there's another one of those dropouts. I hope you heard what I just said. I'm just going to stop for a minute and let it catch up. Okay, so in this situation, this physician was observing all of these things about my breathing and all of that. And I just thought that was really great. Okay, so I never thought twice about it. I never had any problems as a child. I didn't have an asthmatic uh, childhood. I didn't have any breathing problems. I didn't have really anything other than kind of a a, a constant kind of. I always, I called it a post-nasal drip, you know, where I was constantly swallowing, swallowing, swallowing all the time. So didn't think twice about it. Now, over the last 10 years, I've had this issue. So what would happen is I, if I was bending forward a little bit and say I started talking as I was bending forward or I started laughing as I was bending forward. So picture my neck is bent forward, my neck is in flexion and I cough or I, I speak for some reason or I laugh for some reason or I sneeze for some reason. And this has only happened about maybe 15 times in the last 10 years. So, you know, l- less than twice a year it's happened but what would happen is that my my throat would just constrict right up it would just close and i couldn't get any air in and it's terrifying when you can't get air into your lungs terrifying so you you even after it happened a, a dozen times it happened after it happened 10 times it was it's still terrifying and i know that if i could just relax my throat then i could start to breathe again so i would just slowly try to get in that small breath, I try not to panic and then slowly, slowly I would start to get a little bit of a tiny airway opening up and then slowly my throat would relax and more air would start coming down through my trachea into my lungs and then it would start breathing normally and it would be gone. So this whole event would last, would last less than a minute. So it's happened about 15 times in the last 10 years. So no idea why it's happening. You know, no reason to me why it was happening. It just would happen so occasionally that I just, you know, I just didn't think twice. Like I didn't think to go and do anything about it or get it examined or have my throat looked at. Incidentally, a couple of years ago, I had to have a MRI of my shoulder. I I think I mentioned before I was in a terrible car accident almost 20 years ago now that basically ruined my ability to use my shoulders properly, cracked a few ribs and uh, caused a lot of problems with me in my upper chest area. So I was having quite a bit of pain a couple of years ago and I went in for an MRI for them to check my shoulders and check my upper chest so they came back with uh, a finding of you know there's arthritis there's degeneration there's labrial tears those are tears in the kind of the disc in your shoulders there's degeneration so all of what i would have expected but then they said that then there was an incidental finding and it was the incidental finding that's so interesting so what i have is something called an aberrant right subclavian artery syndrome so aberrant right subclavian artery syndrome. So aberrant means it's weird, it's different. The right subclavian artery is the main artery that goes down into your arm, your right arm. And normally what it does is it comes off one of the, of the aortic arch and then it comes down into your arm. Mine, for some reason, that's why it's aberrant, you know, it's a genetic malformation. My subclavian artery wraps around my trachea. And then goes down into my arm so there you have it that's the reason and that's the reason that for ten years now I've been having this problem my arteries aren't as elastic as they used to be when I was young uh, you know I mean I might have had I might have a little hardening in there I might have a little plaque buildup in them and when I would get into this flexion position and a kind of a cough happen The artery must just have have, have contracted in some way or expanded in some way. I don't know what would happen, but this artery literally chokes my trachea. And until I can relax my body and let the whole air system start to run again, I'm, I'm literally choking to death. I'm choking to death for less than a minute but I'm still terrified every time it happens. I've actually become quite aware of, of that position now, and I'm very, very careful that I don't get into that position and then try to talk or try to, um, you know, eat or something with my head inflection because this is obviously what is putting more pressure on. But I just thought, kudos to that physician that gp who uh who delivered me and then examined me a month later and diagnosed me with strider because at that time there was no question in my mind that that artery wrapped around my trachea was causing the strider. Uh, when i grew and my trachea got stronger you know trachea the trachea has rings of cartilage in it which wouldn't have been well formed in one month old because the strider normally just goes away, and that's exactly what happened to me. So, as I got stronger and my trachea grew and the rings of cartilage formed around to form the tube of my trachea, I got stronger and I never had a problem. I never had a problem for 50 years, and now from the age 50 to 60, I'm having this breathing this problem where my throat constricts and it is i i know that it is from that artery and it was just an incidental finding i researched it quite thoroughly there's nothing that you can do about it Um, the surgery risk the risk of surgery is far far higher than the risk of um, you know uh, suffocating or being choked to death from this problem Uh, because what everything i've read that is if this situation happens to me And it even got to the point where I was losing oxygen for a minute or two, I would pass out. Hopefully I wouldn't hit my head on the way down. I actually know enough now to kind of lay down on the ground, on my back, and just try to relax as much as I can to let my air start to come back into my into my lungs, but I would just pass out, and then I would relax when I passed out, and I, and so I, I, I have no fear that I will die from this, but I do, I certainly have fear when it happens, because when it happens, it's absolutely terrifying, uh, there's nothing, I mean, I have a incredible fear of drowning of an incredible fear of somehow not the, the way that I die would be not breathing and now I and then I have this genetic malformation where my subclavian artery wraps around my trachea and then goes down into my arm so it's one of those types of genetic malformations that really causes no symptoms except uh, you know now it is and I just think it's from age you know uh, at one time uh you know, people smoked a lot. Uh, they uh, they would have a lot of hardening of the arteries, uh, bad diet, where a lot of plaque was in their arteries. I think that uh, many times people in this situation probably died from an issue just like I'm describing but you know without MRIs without a autopsy you know it would just be put down to uh, natural death or uh, you know maybe pneumonia or something like that so uh, you know so if they find me dead one day on the ground and they can't figure it out at least I have a medical history where they could go back and possibly see that that might be the reason but I really have no fear of that happening. It was pretty interesting, though. So there you go. This physician, looking at a one-month-old, his powers of observation were so acute that he could diagnose that strider. And uh, now, here, many, many years later, because of technology, it's found as an incidental finding on an MRI. So I just thought that was pretty interesting. I'm kind of feeling free to talk about just about anything right now. I uh, when I went off social media. I really my viewership or my uh, listenership really dropped so i guess i realize now that it's pretty important to do social media but i'm still not going to so i'm going to continue to let this podcast grow organically or i'm going to just let it stay right where it is i'm really sad that I, i lost almost all of my listenership from idaho i had a real base happening in idaho i was really excited about that but, uh, you know, they're practically all gone. I think a lot of them came to me through Twitter. So, uh, so Twitter's gone, though, and I, I, I'm so happy about it. I, w- I was just talking about it the other day, how, how free I feel from this constant barrage of information coming from Twitter. And uh, so happy that, you know, th- it was just making me angry. It was constantly, constantly making me angry. So uh, who needs it? You know, I I already have an artery wrapped around my trachea. I don't need to be angry as well to get my uh, blood pressure up. It gives me, again, a a goal in life to keep my blood pressure good, keep my health good, keep my arteries working well, uh, try to be as healthy as I can. I said at the outset of this podcast that that was my goal, to age well, to live for another 30 years, and to be this last third of my life, to be healthy mentally, physically. I'm working really hard at being physically healthy. I've lost a ton of weight. I'm down to 235, which is, I haven't weighed 235 in 20 years. I've also, again, you know, I've been back on the wagon. I haven't drank for over six weeks now. I think we're going on close to seven weeks. Just thrilled, thrilled to death that I was able to get back on that wagon. The, uh, that relapse darn near killed me, and uh, I'm really, really glad that it didn't and that I'm here to talk another day. Yeah. So things are going to be changing around here. This is our, my last broadcast for a little while from Norfolk uh, or from um, Storage Closet Studios. And I'm going to fill you in on what's happening with me next week. Give you a little teaser. So you come back. I uh, hope you enjoyed our my little story about my health. If I want to thank you for coming. If you listen, if you listen to the end, you know, I love you. And uh, just thanks again. Thanks again. I don't have a big, uh, big listenership anymore. The ones who are sticking with me, I, I'm really grateful and i'm really happy that you're here so i will see you nt i will see you next tuesday make sure you come on back